Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. broadcast this morning concerning our uh, our lesson topic of we're trying to discover through the scriptures God's true family um, and we find that it's through Jesus Christ according to the the entire Bible and with that said we uh, we need to do a lot more work now, this is episode number four of this particular topic, um, and this is the 21st of January, 2024. I was thinking today of an analogy, I think it's fairly close, when we consider Bible study, um, any sort of Bible study, or the combination of many studies, it's very much like a journey. Um, I compare it to like a road trip. 
And when I was a young man, I could jump in my car and, and go to state by state. I didn't even take a map. And I see how foolish that was now. It, <laughs> uh, there was times that I, I really didn't know where I was. There were only 13 of them back then, though. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I used to drive from one place to another and just show up. Now, that's interesting, but um, it wasn't very precise. Let's put it that way. Studying the Bible is is certainly a journey. But we need to have a good map, if you will, that's supplied to us within the pages of the Scripture. That's why we, we speak of, and the ancients spoke of, the whole counsel of God. Uh, the Jews uh, would speak of the law and the prophets and the Psalms. Um, as the whole council. Um, within those writings also, their, their writings, they had the history of the Jewish covenant nation, the Israelites. It's all there. It is a journey. But um, we really need to take it more seriously because along that journey, such as a road trip, as I was describing, that I took, uh, I probably missed a lot of things I should have seen a little closer. Uh, I was just heading. I knew where the sun came up and where the sun went down. I knew where I was going. Uh, even though I hadn't been there before, I could follow so some signs along the way, but nothing precise. That is going to be a problem in Bible study. So th this is why I'm bringing it up. Especially on this topic. Because today, and for many, many years, many centuries actually, we've been debating this issue of God's chosen people. The apostles had to deal with it, and they lived in the in the very midst of it. They understood the 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 covenant of the Jews. They understood it. They understood it very well. They were all Jews. They all lived in that covenant. They all lived according to the law, under the law. But they also recognized the new covenant that Jesus had purchased with his own blood. And because of that, now they were sent out to reveal this new covenant, to reveal the salvation that had been awaiting their people, Israel. The promise had been made to Abraham that, that by his seed, which is, of course, is in reference to the Messiah, and the Messiah is Jesus of Nazareth, and the Old Testament proves it, obviously. The apostles preached it, made it very clear, and the things that Jesus did, said, and his final work in, in the flesh made it very clear. So what happened? 
And why are we still dealing with this? Well, I think we need to recognize that the scripture, uh, to be an heir on this point, is to really do a lot of violence to the scriptures because they're so clear. Let's read where we left off last week. Galatians chapter 3, verse 9. This is the last verse that we left off with. Blessed in thee shall be all the nations, so that those of faith are blessed with the faithful Abraham. Now, this is a point that was not a very pleasant fact for the, uh, for the Judaizers of Paul's day, that is the Jewish converts to Christianity that wanted to also maintain the law to uh, force the Gentiles to become Jews before they could be, become Christians and enjoy the blessing of Abraham. This was not a very pleasant um, scripture for them because it was it's rather clear. So that those of faith, I don't know if there's a definite article in front of that faith. I thought there was. Verse 9. Galatians 3, verse 9. Out of faith. Okay. It's out of faith. Oh, hold on. No. Yeah. Yeah, this is a, that, that's an article, but it's a plural article. Right. Referring to the people. So then they, that is those that have come to Christ, that were found in Christ, out of faith. Now, that's speaking of the, the concept of without faith it is impossible to please God. We, we need our faith to be such that we believe that God exists. We believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God. These things are the basis of our faith, if you will. Paul, Paul wrote something along the lines in Romans chapter 9, uh, talking about the unrighteous Jews, that he would mm-hmm. almost come to a point where he would, you know, he would forsake the Lord if it meant that they could attain that salvation. He was willing to lay down everything for those unbelieving, at the time, chosen people of God who were in direct opposition to the faith, the faith that Abraham had. That's right. The, 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 The crux, of course, has always been the same. And we we don't want to say it over and over again, but if we read the Gospels, we find the crux of the problem is is that those covenant people 
those Israelites of Jesus' day, many of them just did not believe that he was the Messiah. They just didn't. They just didn't see. Well, today we got the same problem, of course. Uh, we have indifference uh, to the whole the whole concept, which is just as bad, if not worse. At least they were making some sort of a decision. Today, it's just pushed off as something religious goes in the category or the trash heap of all things religious. But this is the problem. Now, if they'd have believed that he was the Messiah, then then they would have come to faith. Because they would have believed as Abraham believed. They would be, they would have believed as as the prophets believed and wrote about the Messiah. So this is where the rub comes. But it's very clear that it isn't through the law that that um, salvation comes. That's not what brings righteousness. Righteousness comes from the Lord Jesus Christ himself. His righteousness is, is, what, is what obtains salvation for us. As it says um, in the chapter 2, I do not make void the grace of God. Now, the grace of God is, is the will of God unto men for salvation. In other words, the pattern of salvation. For if righteousness be through law, then Christ died in vain. Now, that's just pure logic there. Good logic, of course. Um, can't really argue that that point. So, a lot of error concerned concerning all of this. Now, from this point on, from Galatians three ten, we're going to deal with the first four verses and the the topics of it. Again, I'm using the Young's Literal Translation. I, I think it's the best. Uh, for these things. Um, to keep us going on the straight here. All right, what is being said? Blessed in thee, blessed in thee, shall be all the nations, so that those of faith are blessed with the faithful Abraham. Those out of faith, that's the certainty that we know. That was that's the promise or a teaching of the of the apostles themselves. For as many as are of works of law are under a curse. For it hath been written, Cursed is everyone who is not remaining in all things that I have been that that have been written in the book of the law, to do them. Now this is how he starts this, to give you an idea of the understanding of what the law truly is under the covenant. And that in law, 
I like how he used the in there. And that in law no one is declared righteous with God is evident because the righteous by faith shall live. Verse 12, and the law is not by faith, but the man who did them shall live in them. So you see, obeying the law of the first covenant was not a matter of faith. It was a matter of, of, of the written code. The matter of uh, not, to not comply makes you a lawbreaker, causing you more and more trouble. And uh, that word by keeps showing up here, but think of it as out of. Because that's what it means. Not only is it out of out of law, it's also out of faith. So you see where we're at here. But we know one thing: by law, no man is justified before God. Verse thirteen: Christ did redeem us from the curse of the law, having become for us a curse. As we remember the Gospels, as we remember the Apostles' teaching, God uh, made Jesus a curse, a carrier of the curse. Uh, Isaiah 53, he had to bear the curse, bear the penalty of lawbreakers. From the very beginning uh, forward. For it hath been written, Cursed is everyone who is hanging on a tree. That to the nations the blessings of Abraham may come in Christ Jesus. That the promise of the Spirit we may receive through the faith. Now here we're talking about the faith, which is all that that has to do with God's grace, if you will, God's pattern of salvation. The faith is founded in his Son, the actions of his Son, and the will of God sending his Son to do just that. That's um, Grace is the same. It, it's a gift, okay, for one thing. It's, that's kind of the root of it. Um, so it is a gift. It's not something you can purchase with money. But you need to recognize it. You need to recognize it for what it is. This is God's redemptive plan for man. Without without that redemptive plan for man, we would, each one of us, die in our sins. It's as simple as that. It's important to note here that in verse 14, much like Acts 2, the promise promise is what's being given. The promise belongs to the Spirit. The promise is not the Spirit coming to you uh, in a physical way like the apostles had. The promise of the Spirit. People like to misuse that verbiage uh, without understanding the Greek behind it. 
Now, you see, the promise was always, Abraham understood the promise to be the the redemption and the and the and the promise of sonship the blessing. the blessing of being within the family of God that's what the promise always was and still is the promise here is not what we would call the promise of the indwelling spirit because when when that that is always combined with Trinitarian teaching, which, of course, we don't find in the Bible. So this is not the, the, the promise is apart from that. Uh, as far as uh, the Spirit, Jesus said it himself. God is Spirit. So this is a promise from heaven, from the Spirit in heaven. Now, Briefly, uh, verse 10. The law brings the curse. To rely on the law, to live under the law, you do live under the curse and the penalty of the curse. Of course, under the law, the sins of the nation were were put on a scapegoat year by year and sent away out out of the city. Figuratively, uh, giving them reprieve, if you will. This was part of the law, part of the things that they did. The covenant people of, of the Israelites, if you will. In verse 11, no one is justified before God under the law. Now let's quickly read Romans chapter 3. Uh, start with verse 19. This is a teaching we need to be aware of because it also draws the contrast that we need between the first covenant people and and the new covenant. And, And Paul says to the Roman church, and we have known that as many things as the law saith to those in the law, it doth speak that every mouth may be stopped and all the world may come under judgment to God. And by the way, that's exactly what happens. Verse 20, Wherefore, by works of law shall no flesh be declared righteous before him. For through law is a knowledge of sin. By the way, that was the reason the law was added. So that we would know what what sin is. Verse 21, And now apart from law, hath the righteousness of God been manifested, testifying to by the law and the prophets. Now see, there's something apart from the law. Righteousness has been clearly seen. Let's read on. And the righteousness of God is through the faith of Jesus Christ to all. And upon all those believing, for there is no difference. That all is a very important word there, friends. Verse 23, for all did sin and are come short of the glory of God. 
I'll think I'll pause there. This is a man, the issue for mankind concerning sin, coming short of the glory of God. That's why we need God's redemptive plan, God's redemptive terms of pardon through his son Jesus Christ that was that was established, uh, brought to fruition 2,000 years ago for, for, the, for the covenant people then and for the new covenant people also in, in the fullness of time, that is, in God's fullness of time, when he did open the, the preaching of the gospel to the Gentile world. When, when the Jew and the apostles were in Jerusalem after the day of Pentecost, their preaching was to the Jewish people and remained there until it was instituted by the apostle Peter, as we know in Acts chapter 10 and 11, uh, through the will of God. Many, many big changes uh, happened in those days. And, and, and we know these things by the historical record alone of the, of the, the uh, Acts of the Apostles, if you will. Neil, I've always found it fascinating that Peter, who was full of the Spirit, and and you know just an absolute absolutely a critical part of the work was resistant to this change as it applied to his Jewish upbringing and his beliefs and all the things he had been taught that's a fascinating part of the word that that those who believe that they're led by the spirit they should be just bewildered by that but it was Peter's spirit that needed to come around and did. Peter was led by the mind of Christ. He had the mind of Christ, but he also had the word that he had been taught his whole life concerning these things. And it took him three times, but finally he recanted. But what wondered about these things, until they got to the house of Cornelius, where he saw what what God had had uh, had uh, always planned for mankind, and then he he remembered about the promise that through Abraham all the nations will be blessed, and that's exactly what's what's happened. Now also in. Uh, before we move out of Romans, let's go to Romans chapter 2, verse 17. Romans 2, 17. Paul says this, speaking to the Jewish Christians, Lo, thou art named a Jew, and dost rest upon the law, and dost boast in God, and dost know the will and thus to prove the distinctions being instructed out of the law. Why didn't they use the word by there? Mm -hmm. Oh, well. 
Verse 19, and hast confidence that thou thyself are a leader of blind ones, a light of those in, in, in darkness, an instructor of foolish ones, a teacher of babes, and having the form of knowledge and of the truth in the law, thou then, who art teaching another, thou thyself dost thou not teach? We'll go through 24. Thou who art preaching not to steal, dost thou steal? Thou who art saying not to commit adultery, dost thou commit adultery? Thou who art abhorring the idols, dost thou rob temples? Thou who, if in the law, dost boast, through the transgressions of the law, dost thou dishonor? For the name of God, because of you, is evil spoken of amongst the nations, according as it hath been written. So, was there a problem for the Judaizers of the day of the apostles? Yes. And this was the problem. This was the problem. Trying to require that people live under the law, which was... In many ways, it was replaced by Jesus' one command. To love one another as I have loved you. And if we could practice the new covenant, we we don't need the rest of the, the old instructions. It covers the whole thing. But it's much harder to do. There's no loopholes. Okay, it's uh, instead of uh, if we kill a, the farmer's ox next door, or there might be some circumstance that we don't have to replace it with two, you know, that sort of a thing. They were always circumventing the law and, and the regulations with one thing or another. But when you're dealing with the word love, as it's used in, in uh, these and the, the passages, that uh, Jesus spoke and the Apostle John taught, then we are, we are very limited. Now we must love as God loves. And that's a high calling for people. The law is not out of faith, but the man under the law live in them. That's... That's bondage. Christ sets a man free. The new covenant makes a man free to be a slave to the Father in heaven. And believe me, that's a happy slave. Because we're always under authority. But not the authority of sin. In verse 13, we find that Jesus redeemed us. And the grammar makes that a first-person plural because when the apostles speak of things to illustrate, they they always speak of themselves first because they were what? 
read the first chapter of Ephesians. They were those that first believed. They first believed. That you can't, you can ignore them as much as you want, but you cannot ever say that they did not first believe. But we are called to believe the teaching of the apostles. For they speak with the mind of Christ. They were sent by him as his ambassadors, as his witnesses of the good news. And then in verse 14, as as we uh, look at it, he, that is Christ, redeemed us, which another word for that is ransomed, that I, I think is a great word, in order that the blessing given to Abraham might come to the Gentiles through through Christ Jesus, so that the promise of the Spirit we might receive through the faith. That's a great verse. And that's a verse that shows clearly um, the the topic I'm going to bring up next <clears throat> before we go any further in, in Galatians. We need to we need to think about what this this all means. This was God's promise to Abraham for not only his seed, in other words, the bloodline of Abraham that came through the uh, through the son of Noah, Shem. That bloodline remained. Uh, solid for the Messiah to be born under the promise. That's why it was. And one might say, well, why should we hold one son up higher than the other? Well, we don't have a way to answer that question. This is God's will. This is his pattern. If you read the Old Testament, you'll find, especially in Genesis, you'll find that the blessing went from father to son. And God intervened in those things to make sure that the blessing was going the way that it should. He intervened all the way through. We even find uh, when it comes to King David that as far as the uh, the, the descendants or, or the uh, uh, family of uh, Mary, the mother of Christ, is descend is descendant from the uh, David's son Nathan, and not not Solomon. Why? Because the line of Solomon, as it progressed in the kingships of Israel, uh, became quite a problem to where God said there will be there will be no more kings from this line and by the way Jesus of Nazareth is the king of the Jews if if you you need to understand that so he cannot come from from uh 
Solomon's lineage. He comes from Nathan, also a son of David, of course. So God's, this is God's way. But the verse, these verses that we have been re- reading here, and this promise and all, speaks to the so-called mystery of God that the Bible talks about. If you look up that word mystery and find all the passages that are listed there, you'll find uh, a wealth of information. The mystery of God now revealed through, and this is the key, the mystery of God, the mystery that man had not seen fulfilled and did not understand or know was delivered, that mystery was delivered by the apostles of Christ. That's the mystery we're going to talk about. We're going to read some passages concerning this mystery Uh, today. We don't have enough time to finish it, but we'll pick it up again next week. The mystery passages, if you will, I just picked a few that are, are really fit together with what we've been doing here. Um, because we, we have a question here. Why is it, why should we believe that the Gentiles are equal to the descendants of Abraham when it, as far as the gospel is concerned? Why should we believe it? We should believe it because that was a mystery that even the prophets looked into. They were awaiting the Messiah. Uh, how was it going to work out? They understood that that the the covenant people of Abraham, of the family of Abraham, the the family of Jacob, would be blessed and would have a redeemer. But it also says. All nations will be blessed. What did that mean? See, that was the mystery. Let's go to Ephesians. We got a couple verses uh, here in Ephesians. Ephesians chapter chapter 3, we find in this passage, the, uh, the mystery is revealed through the apostles of Christ. Chapter 3, verse 1. For this cause I, Paul, a prisoner of Christ Jesus, for you nations, if indeed you did hear of the dispensation of the grace of God that was given to me in regard to you, that by revelation he made known to me the secret, according as I wrote before in few words. This is what I'm speaking about right here. Remember what Paul said? He received by revelation the gospel, all that was in, that was Christ, all there was to to be to be the faith by revelation from Jesus Himself, not from anyone else, not from man, but from the Lord Himself. And he had wrote it a few words before and whatever. But in verse four. We're going to read through verse 6. In regard to which you are able, reading it, to understand my knowledge in the secret of the Christ. 
which in other generations was not made known to the sons of men, as it was now revealed to his holy apostles and prophets in the Spirit. Brings me to the passage about the foundation of the faith. Through the the apostles and prophets and the Lord Jesus Christ being the chief cornerstone. Seeing as how we all have that spirit in us, I think we're done. (laughs) Yeah. We don't need to read anything or learn anything. You see, here's the thing. The idea of the spirit. Um, if, in fact, Christendom was indeed guided by the Spirit from heaven, do you think maybe things would be slightly different? You see, we have a Spirit, too. And many times it is it departs from uh, the the actual things that we should be doing and know that we should be doing as far as our faith and the Lord is concerned. So, regardless, as, as it says also, I think, in uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 14, that the the prophet has control of what he says. So the the thing was, everyone was standing up and prophesying, trying to get their voice up above everyone else's and making an absolute bedlam of the service and saying, but I'm speaking the words of God. No, that's not an excuse for bad conduct. Paul said "You the, the prophets have control of their, their message. They wait their turn. One at a time. So, uh, I mean, that's just an illustration. Ephesians chapter 3, 9 through 12. So we're just going to go down to verse 9. And to cause all to see what is the fellowship of the secret that hath been hidden from the ages in God, who the all things did create through Jesus Christ. Verse 10. That there might be made known now to the principalities and the authorities in the heavenly places through the assembly, the manifold wisdom of God, according to a purpose of the ages, which he made in Christ Jesus our Lord, in whom we have the freedom and the access in confidence through the faith of him. Now, what is the assembly supposed to be doing? You know, the trouble with the assemblies is we, as years go by, we come more and more like the governmental issue, governmental oversight of the nation we live in, 
or the rule of the people, rather than teaching the spirits in the heavenlies, rather than being the source of truth, we've been moderated by our own our own weakness and inability, apparently. We are those that through the word of God have access to the manifold wisdom of God. It comes through the assembly. Why? Because it was delivered to the assembly. And it should be made known to the principalities and the authorities rather than the other way around. And it's all according to a purpose of the ages. This was God's will. This was his plan, if you will. And he he fulfilled that plan through the Lord Jesus Christ, his son. In whom we have the freedom and the access in confidence through the faith. See, our confidence is in the faith, all there is about Jesus. Both the New Testament and the Old, from the very beginning, the promises of God, starting with what he said to Eve concerning her her seed that would vanquish and crush the head of the serpent. The entire, all the, the whole oracles of God we need to deal with, not just pick a spot here and pick a spot there and build a, a, a uh, teaching on it. Now, the first verse was the mystery revealed through the apostles of Christ Jesus. The second one is the mystery is revealed through the churches in Christ. The assemblies in Christ are to reveal these things. By the way, we read in chapter 10 of Revelation. We're going to turn there as our last verse today. Chapter 10 of Revelation. Now, you know that we teach here that the Revelation, the writings in Revelation, concerning the end of the age, we believe has occurred. That's all the way through chapter uh, 20, 21. And then it speaks about the new covenant time after that. In chapter 10, verses 5 through 7, we find that, I don't know if the wording is going to be the same here, but the mystery is accomplished, if you will. Verse 5, And the messenger whom I saw standing upon the sea and upon the land did lift up his hand to the heaven and did swear in him who doth live to the ages of the ages who did create the heaven and the things in it, and the land and the things in it, and the sea and the things in it, that time shall not be yet. But in the day of the voice of the seventh messenger, when he may be about to sound, and the secret of God may be finished, as he did declare to his own servants, to the prophets. Well, I like the progression. We had 
the mystery was known and then it was revealed and then it's supposed to be expanded and taught to to everyone through the assemblies of Christ. But the mystery, you see, for it to be taught in that way, like we should, there had to be a finished issue. God did finish that. That's why we believe that this has been fulfilled. It has been finished. The mystery is revealed. It's finished. We know it. Now, the question is, why doesn't everyone know this? Because if we did, we were on board with this or up to speed, however you want to phrase it, I think we'd have a lot better uh, success at, at convincing folks concerning their need for a Savior. You know, evangelism is wonderful if the person feels he, he needs to be saved. A person that has no, no idea that they are in peril, they, they don't care about your Bible study or your faith. They may be interesting to them, but they don't see a need. But see, the preaching of the gospel, the teaching of the Bible, makes it clear that all men have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And so we will move on from here next week and get into even more meat concerning this so that it becomes an inescapable conclusion, if you will, concerning this fact of who who it is is pleasing to God, who truly is God's family. Today, right now. All right. With that, we pray you have a blessed week, uh, a busy week, as you are busy about your task for the Lord and all he has given you to do. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.